Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. So join us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast. We are super excited to do our annual episode and outline of our perspectives and our opinions and our tips and tricks on how to handle the summer heat as two partners of quadriplegics. Everybody needs their yearly reminder um, on the sun and how it impacts quads um, and some paras and how uh, different the bodies work when it comes to this kind of thing when you have a spinal cord injury. So this episode is not just a resource for you and maybe some things that you haven't heard or some reminders this year that you need to know before you go into the hot summer months, but this is also a good resource for other people who may not understand, friends or family that may not understand the impact that heat has on someone with a spinal cord injury. So as always, uh, this is Brooke Paget and my partner in crime, Elena Pauly. And just before we get started, we wanted to send a huge thank you to this episode's title sponsor, Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. This woman is amazing. She's a lawyer. She's also our friend and she's been involved in the group for the past three years. She is available for anything from case management to looking into your case to writing a letter of justification to get certain things from your insurer, from your government organization, or your benefits provider. She's available to help with anything like that for free. So please contact her via the WEGS of SCI website. You can click on legal resources. It's a tab on the top of our website. And you can also visit her website at brainandspinelaw.com if you want some more information. Perfect. Thank you for that lovely intro, Brooke. So as Brooke had mentioned, I will echo it again that as summer months are here upon us here in Vancouver, British Columbia, where we are from, this week has uh, temperatures as high as 30 degrees Celsius. So that means all sorts of fun in the sun, but also making sure that we stay cool, we stay shaded, we have tips and tricks that will do that. And of course, the difference, the reason why we're presenting this topic to you is because while slight fluctuations in body temperature throughout the day are normal for able-bodied and spinal cord injury people, The SCI may prevent areas below the level of injury from cooling off or warming up. So we have some great tips and tricks. Yes, super exciting. And, you know, like it or not, you know, as caregivers to quadriplegics or anyone per se, you know, we do have a role in helping to 
manage our partner's temperatures because they can't always reach for cooler temperatures. They can't always get themselves to the shade. And it's about prevention, in my opinion. It's not just about, you know, when they get hot, spraying them down. Because at that point, it's usually a bit too late. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have some of our ideas as to what you can do to take a proactive approach to make sure that like you both are involved in temperature regulation. And it's not just his responsibility or your partner's responsibility because sometimes like we were even talking about it this morning Elena it's like sun brain it's like when you're hot your brain doesn't work as it should right and you forget things yeah 100% and both of us were out in the sun yesterday so this morning our joke is that we both or I certainly have a bit of sun brain myself so (laughs) prevention is key (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it also matters like you want to before you get invited to a beach day or even in your own backyard or a barbecue, you want to make sure that you have all of these things with you and not rely on the house you're going to or the beach to have what you need there because then you're going to kind of be underprepared and you're going to panic and you want to avoid that. So here are some of our tips. So firstly, let's start by just explaining to friends or family or people who may not understand what is thermoregulation? What is, what is this temperature thing that we're talking about, Elena? So um, basically it's where it starts with your level of injury. And the, one of the most important things is um, recognizing the severity of injury, whether you're a para or a quadriplegic. And of course, um, sort of gauging, um, how high your injury is as well. So let's say you're a C2, C3, C4, C5 um, level of injury. And it's basically the signals between the brain and the area that is injured, they're not able to communicate. So there's, so you may have like a loss of sensation below the, the level of injury. And that makes it very, very hard for your brain to send the signals of how you're feeling. Are yeah. you too hot? Are you too cold? And therefore, usually like what you said, it is too late when you realize that your body is sending messages saying that you have 80 symptoms of like maybe dizziness. Um, you know, you're extremely thirsty, dizzy, headache, your your skin's not feeling right. And so all these messages come in before you realize that you're too hot or you're too cold because you can't feel it in the body. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's really, really important to understand that. I know, you know, we've all been in rehab. We've all been to our doctors where they talk about how important AD is and how to watch for the signs and how to prepare just in case the early signs, because it is a life-threatening condition, right? And you literally can get to the place where you're so hot that you're boiling from the inside and you won't even be able to tell until it's too late. So we don't want to scare anybody out there. But we do want to warn you that like this is so important. And this is one of those things that it is something that we take for granted as able-bodied people, right? And we forget that our body is self-regulating, right? And when it's damaged from an injury, spinal cord injury, whatever it may be, that kind of advantage of thermoregulation, it can't happen. So we need to, you know, power up our, our knowledge and make sure that we know this going into the summer months. Um, so you got, you have a really good story that you like to tell and let's tell it again in this episode. Cause I think it's really important. So this is just an example of what happened to your partner when he was first injured as far as overheating. Right. And I think like, I'll go back to what you mentioned that yes, it is drilled into you. Um, when you're in rehab, 
that AD can occur over all sorts of other conditions, right? Like let's say you're having like bowel, bowel issues, you can develop AD. Let's say you have a wound or a pressure sore, you can, that can sort of be the signal of AD or sorry, the AD will be a signal of that. Um, especially when you don't have sensation. So, you know, when Dan was still in rehab, we, we sort of, I guess, scientifically, we, we knew what to look out for, but we just, again, one of those things that you don't think it will happen to you. And there's just so much going on already. You know, when you're leaving rehab, like you're trying to sort out the, your medications, your equipment, your tools, you know, you're trying to do some time management and create a new routine that things just happen. I guess things just happen without really, there is no manual. I always say for SCI. So things just happen out of the blue and I guess you just have to figure it out. (laughs) That's the only way I can say it. So Dan and I moved out in 2016. I think it was like July 4th, 2016, got a little accessible apartment that was given to us through GF Strong. And uh, we rented that for about a month before we finally settled down in our more permanent apartment. So it happened to be one of the hottest days in the summer. It was very, very hot. It was so hot that the candles inside the apartment were melting. And, you know, they weren't like liquefying, but they certainly, the solid began to sort of drip and sort of sweat itself. That's crazy that they didn't have like an air conditioning unit or anything in there. Cause this was like transition housing. Like this was like, he was Mm -hmm. coming straight from rehab. You were waiting to find a place or waiting to move into a place. And this was specifically for people with spinal cord injuries, correct? Right, right, exactly. (laughs) So something to look out for people if you're going into transitional housing, like stuff that we don't know. We didn't know that back then. Nobody knew anything. And there's no AC, right? So, right, exactly. So, anyhow, um, so what transpired was I left Dan at home by himself and I drove around the city to go get us some groceries. You know, um, I had to run some errands, I had to drive to a few different pharmacies at that time to fill some prescriptions that one pharmacy only had a you know, a handful of pills at and then so on. So I just sort of drove around the city trying to do these things. And um, the one thing that we did have in this apartment were, I think there were ice cube trays. I can't even remember. I don't, I don't remember if we had to go buy ice cube trays or if we had ice cube trays, but I came back to the apartment and Dan's foot, he had a spasm. His foot went under in behind and underneath his foot plate. So he was basically trapped. And he was so hot, he was burnt, he was burning up and he was trying to make his way to the freezer where I had taken some towels and soaked them in water and put them in the freezer. And we literally used that to cool him off. It was so, so hot. And um, I remember sort of, you know, when you see your partner in distress and a lot of the time, especially when they have an SCI, it means different things than an able-bodied person like myself being in distress. And maybe it's not as serious as somebody who's got um, another condition. So what did we do? I ended up taking Dan um, up the street, pushing him up the street to the closest grocery store, which was the Save on Foods and opening the freezer door section and, we both just sat there on the ground in front of the freezer 
And we, it was just so, so hot. And I remember thinking that was definitely a lived experience on what could happen. He was very close to being hospitalized, and but we just, we didn't know, right? We didn't know anything at that time. So we sort of thought, okay, well, how serious is this? Like, but now in hindsight, we were like, yeah, for sure. We should have probably gone to the hospital, but we may do. And I, it's one of those things that you just, again, you just sort of live and you learn and that's pretty well all of life with SCI, right, Brooke? Yeah, for sure. And like, it's all about trial and error. So we're hoping with this episode, we can share with you some of our stories and some of our tips and stuff that we've learned over the past, you know, six to eight years with our partner's injuries and what we've learned in the WAGs of SCI community through all of that and hope that you don't make the same mistakes that, that we have. <laughs> but I mean, again, you, you live and you learn, right? It's all good. Um so like, let's start off with um, the importance of developing resilience to temperatures. And, you know, I know this is a big thing. You and I do cold exposures and hot exposures and you, you train your body. This is a big thing in, in the neuroscience community and the endurance community is training your body to be resilient in hot and cold. And unfortunately, with an SCI, it's, it's harder to do that. But I will say that it is not impossible. So one thing that we do every single year is about a month and a half, two months before it starts getting really hot, my partner will go out into the sun every single day and he'll start off at 10 minutes and he'll work his way up to an hour. And what this does is it customizes the body to be able to hold more heat and more temperature over longer periods of time. So I use it as an, like an example would be like, you wouldn't go into the sun for an hour with pasty ass pale skin <laughs> after a winter of not seeing the sun. Right. <laughs> like especially, yeah. Especially being a redhead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like you wouldn't do that. Right. Nobody would do that. So it's kind of the same thing. And what he's found over time Again, you know, this is just our experience. You definitely have to try it yourself. And I don't think there's any science um, surrounding this. This is just what works for him. So he's definitely redheaded. He can build a tan when he wants to, but it's a lot harder. So what he does, he's a C4 injury. Is he'll go out and he'll do um, continuous additional exposures every single day to heat intentionally. And he will make sure that he's built up somewhat of a tolerance so that when July and August and September come along, he's not just bombarded by the body not being used to any heat whatsoever. And so we found that this really, really helps. And it not only helps with a base as far as a suntan, but it also helps for just getting the body prepared for what's to come. And it makes it so he is that much more resilient. And so he likes to do that, you know, every you know, April or May, and it creates just a better environment in his body. And it makes it so that he does really, really notice the resilience that he has. So now he can go out in the sun for, I think yesterday he was out in the sun for three hours. Oh my goodness. Keep in mind that's with, uh, keep in mind for everybody out there who don't understand the quadriplegics don't sweat. Mm -hmm. So this is with constant um, spray. We have a hose outside with a water filter on it and different like misting settings. And so during that three hours, we're misting him every five minutes and it makes it so that it creates a layer of sweat and it cools him. And then we have a fan pointing on him. So there's like precautions that go into that, but yeah, 
at the beginning of spring or the middle of spring, he would not be able to go out in those temperatures. You have to customize your body. So keep that in mind going into the summer next year. It's really important for that gradual, mm-hmm. the gradual benefit, right? Right. Of course. And if you are out in the sun or let's say there's like an event happening that you would really like to attend, like I know yesterday was SCIBC's um, run, I believe they had at the park. So again, if you are out of an event, make sure that you do take refuge in the shade under the trees and in the breeze. And like we've said, cool yourself off, bring your portable water bottle. You can also get, what did I see this morning? I saw, I think they're called cooling towels and the cooling towels were really cool. You can get them on Amazon. They're about $30 for two Canadian. And, um, I think you can either wet them, put them in the freezer, or you can just sort of, I know we've got two, um, almost like gel, gel wraps that you put around your neck and around your shoulders and they're, you just throw them in the freezer. They cool off. They get really cold but they don't freeze because they're gel. And then you just throw them over your shoulders whenever you're out or, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that you can just bring along with you. And then the, of course the water bottle also is a really, really great thing to pack because it's small, the, the spray water bottle or spray, spray bottle, sorry. And you can just fill that up with water, pack it in your bag. You can take it out wherever you are. I've even seen some with little fans attached to them where it's like the sprayer with the little fan that like distributes the mist more equally. And those again, simulate that sweat and allow you to catch the breeze a little bit easier on your skin and cool off quite a bit faster. So I use that for myself. I know you, you also use it for yourself. Like when we're out tanning with our partners, you guys have the garden mister, which is also really, really great. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's really, really important to be proactive with the misting to not wait again until they get even warm. So like, take off their shirt if they want to do some tanning or if they want to just sit in the sun to make sure their skin is already misted before and then keep misting it every four or five minutes and just stay on top of it and you'd be surprised how much it helps to cool and prevent um, any sort of heat overload whatsoever which is really cool there's also towels that you can get if you don't have access to a fridge or freezer and these are available I think at Target and then also of course on Amazon and they're towels where you just get them wet with any sort of water and you twist them and snap them and they f- they don't freeze, but they get really cold. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And so you can keep them dry in your bag. And then when you need to, you just put get them wet, twist it, snap it, and then it's cool. And it's really good for emergencies if you're yeah. out and about at an event or if you're somewhere that doesn't have access to a fridge or a freezer. It's a good yeah. way to keep that extra backup along with your spray bottle. So I think everybody knows out there listening the basics, which is definitely a hat, definitely a spray bottle with ice in the spray bottle, portable, you know, a towel. Those are the basics that you absolutely need, as well as some good ventilated clothing made with good material. So let's talk quickly about clothing material, because I think, you know, we talk about this in our winter episodes a lot, the importance of the material of clothing that you're wearing. Nylon and polyester, they do not breathe very easily. Mm-hmm. And 
they don't allow the skin to naturally regulate itself. There are some natural materials that you can get clothing in that are very common now that can actually help your body to regulate its own temperature, which are is materials like Tencel, which is made of eucalyptus and then bamboo, as well as linen and merino. So those four types of materials actually do something, especially merino, light merino, summer merino, which they have at like Icebreaker and, you know, a few online stores. They actually help the body to do what it's supposed to do anyways. So layering with those types of clothing, even linen, it facilitates cool breezes to go through and it breathes so well, is so important for quadriplegics and summer clothing. My partner has a bunch of t-shirts in those different materials and shorts and linen, and it's just it makes it so that you don't have to go the extra mile and it doesn't sock down on your skin. It's to- They're all totally breathable. So I think that's really, really important. And it's something that people kind of overlook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, light colors. Try yes. to wear light colors so, you, so that the sun doesn't get absorbed to you when you're wearing black and then you feel like you're in a tent and you can't escape. So whites, yeah. light colors, light clothing, breathable clothing. um, And just think about what they wear in, you know, the Saudi Arabian countries um, and the UAE. They wear long sleeves, long pants, and they're all light linen colors. And it actually helps to make it so the skin stays cooler. Right. So it's, it's super important. And, and also, this is sort of like a side note, but drinking hot tea can actually help too. Yes. When you're in a hot area and you're drinking or eating something that's warm, sometimes that yes. can actually regulate your body temperature too. And if we're talking about eating and drinking, just quickly wanted to touch base that it is important for you to have, if you are, well, you should stay hydrated, bring lots of water, but don't overdo it. I know like with myself, especially is I get really parched. So I'll chug a whole bunch of water. Right. And that's not the way to do it because you become bloated and you don't feel that great, but just having little sips here and there of water and just maintaining that equally throughout the day will be so much more beneficial for you. And of course, eating whole fruits and vegetables that contain a whole heap of water. And some of those can be like cucumbers, celery, tomatoes, radishes, peppers, cauliflower, watermelon, spinach, strawberry, broccoli, grapefruit, all of those contain about 90% water. So make sure that you get those. And especially in the summertime, it's always so nice to have like a fresh watermelon, right? They're in season. So grab some of those. And um, if you're out at the beach, I know people like to bring like fun beverages, alcoholic beverages, and those are very dangerous to have if you're only drinking beer, let's say without any actual water hydration. So just make sure that you balance those out and check your urine. That is my biggest tip is, you know, when you're draining your leg bag or when you have to go pee, just check the color of your urine and make sure that it's not brown or like crazy orange, because that is a good notifier to you and a good indication that you need to hydrate. And that is your body's way of letting you know. So check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think it's really good that you mentioned the eating and drinking thing. And that's why it's so important to eat with the seasons, because all of those fruits and vegetables that you mentioned are in season in the summer months. And so nature is basically saying to you, here are all the foods that we would recommend for you to eat and drink during the summer months to keep you cool. 
you know, all of those foods are 90% water and they're mm-hmm. available mm-hmm. at every grocery store and they're always the lowest prices when they're in season. So it's kind of a win-win situation. And I like how you mentioned the importance of hydrating constantly throughout the day. Um, that's so, so important because like you said, you can't just drink a bunch of water and expect to be hydrated. That's yeah. just, it just won't even, that won't even do anything. So continually making sure you're drinking enough water every day. I know it's annoying with the catheters, but ugh, it's just so important that you either try and make it work the best that you can and just stay on top of it. Cause it is, it is the number one thing that will keep you and your well, partner cool. And they also, I know like, um, they do have camel packs. Like a lot of people like bring backpacks on their wheelchairs, right? So just get the camel pack inserted into your backpack or whatever. And some of them even come with coolers that will keep them cold. And then that way you're set for the day. And it's super easy just to kind of have it clipped onto you or close by and you just have a sip while you're on the go. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I also wanted to mention that... It's really important to understand because some people like to dump water on the head and to cool off using the face and the head. And that's definitely important, but it won't actually help cool your core body temperature down. I was listening to an episode of the Huberman podcast a couple of months ago, and he was talking about the science and research about how to actually cool your body properly. And when you put water on your head and face and even your neck, it evaporates quite quickly and it doesn't actually reach your core, which is where you really want to focus your cooling. So when you're cooling somebody down, when you're spraying your partner down or when they're trying to get cool, make sure that you don't ignore the core, the area just right below the belly button, because that is kind of where the vagus nerve is. And that is where the body's regulation system is. Even if you can't feel it, it's still important to apply cool towels, cool water, cool spray to that area because it will work to cool your body faster and it will work to make sure that it's not evaporated before it gets Mm -hmm. to the air it needs to cool. So that's like a really, really important tip. Make sure you're cooling the torso, make sure you're cooling the chest area, make sure you're not avoiding that area because you want to have some dampness there in order to move through the body more efficiently. Um, so I would say the last tip that I have is just the importance of using all of this together. I think we sometimes like to pick and choose, oh, I'm just going to bring this spray bottle. He'll be fine. Or I'm just going to do this. If you do all of these things together, you're going to be guaranteed to have a way easier time keeping your partner cool than not cool clothing, fan, spray bottle, towels, cool packs, drinking and eating cooling watery vegetables, all of this together. And you'll, you'll be able to do pretty much whatever you want in the summer. You just have to like, you know, yes, of course it involves a lot more planning, but this is our life, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And if you do find yourself dehydrated at the end of the day, um, one of the best ways to hydrate quickly is by getting in the shower, get into a cool shower because a lot of the fluids in your body are actually absorbed by your skin. So I find that that is extremely helpful for anybody who's gone a little too far and had a little too much fun in the sun. 
right? Yeah, for sure. Get them into a cool shower. That's like really, really great. And if you have a pool with a lift, <laughs> then, use that. <laughs> then let us know what your address yeah. is and we'll be yeah. right over. <laughs> for, sure, for sure. So cool shower. Um, also make sure that if you live even, you know, in a place like Vancouver where it rains eight months out of the year, we still have AC units in our apartments because it just really helps. And this, these units can actually be in a lot of insurance plans and a lot of government plans, depending Mm -hmm. on where your benefits come from. These are medically justified. So if you don't have the funds for a seven, $800 um, AC unit, a lot of insurance companies will cover it with a note from your doctor in order Mm -hmm. to get one of those in your home, because it is something that is recommended for everybody with a spinal cord injury. So make sure you look into that and have one of those on hand. That's a great tip. So once again, thanks so much, you guys, for spending this little bit of time with us and uh, listening to some tips and tricks that work for our our partners. And if you have some that you would also like to share with the group, we do have a private Facebook group called the Wags of SCI Private Facebook Group. And as always, you are more than welcome to reach out through our email, wagsofsci at gmail.com. And our Instagram handle is wagsofsci. So as always, thank you so much for being here. And we hope everybody has a beautiful and safe summer ahead. And of course, like Brooke said, stay prepared and have an awesome summer. Cheers. Cheers.